Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, okay, Mr. Davis, let's let's do us some tech gumbo today. Sounds good. Start off with the news and updates that the calls for a probe on TikTok have widened. It's now bipartisan. Senators are saying this is an issue. Yeah. The a letter from both Mark Warner and Marco Rubio that was spurred on by reports from BuzzFeed that ByteDance's employees in China have repeatedly accessed U.S. users' personal data. And only U.S. companies can access U.S. users' private data. Maybe French companies, maybe British companies, but not the Chinese companies. That's where we draw the line. You know, we're not going to have those... Those Russians, well, maybe the Russians too, okay, but just not China. And, and well, well, North Korea, we don't really care, but, but just not China. So China has said, hey, look, we're trying over here. It, that's hard work to get all of that data not to come over here for us to see it all. Come on, don't push so hard. We're getting there. Yeah, their exact quote is, We've talked about our work to limit access to user data. They said that they're working on it. They're trying to limit access and that maybe they'll get there. But that's not really that motivating. And it's, it's you're not really believing them to their core here. I mean, the good news is the information they're getting on TikTok is not national secrets. I mean, it's not splitting Adam's secrecy on on TikTok. It's you're building a profile on tremendous amounts of people. And that's kind of troubling what the Chinese think about us as a society that with everything they see on TikTok. But well the good news is they're not just building profiles on us. They're also building profiles on every user base everywhere in the world. And so it in that way it might be more dangerous than the knowledge of how to split the atom having pretty complex and robust usership data and, and what do they think and then being able to go back and manipulate that so that if they wanted to 
all of a sudden pro-China content just rises a little higher than that anti-China content. And then it's a subtle, they don't have to make a big change to it, but all these little things here and there that's, oh, and the Chinese government never told us to do this and we would never take direct orders from them, but they just were really happy when we did this. And drip by drip and an ocean later and all of a sudden everyone thinks China's a great place because we saw great things about them on TikTok. Yep. And you don't even have to say, oh, China's actually awesome, but it's just, well, maybe I don't hate them quite as much. And you know what? I don't think the war with them is justified. They're not as bad as those traditional news outlets are saying. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to be nice to Taiwan. So who really cares about that? I mean, just just let China be China. I mean, that's I saw it on TikTok. It's OK. That is whenever you have a, both a news platform and a social media platform that is controlled in this way, the uh, opportunity for abuse, even if they haven't actually abused it to this point in time, the opportunity for abuse is just tremendous here. And we need to be incredibly careful of it. As a global society, yes, we do. So it's that time of the show where we have to talk about Elon Musk. The long-term listeners knew this was coming. This story, one, they knew it was coming that we would talk about Musk. Two, they heard us predict this months ago that Musk would try and back out. And that people were saying, no, 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 this was a galaxy brain play by him. He's playing 40 chess and orchestrating the whole thing. And he's actually just a genius. But I don't know. It looks like this is going to cost him a whole lot of money. So he officially said he, he was that's it. The, the sale is off. I'm not buying TikTok. There's too many bot accounts out there. And, and so it's off. I'm not doing it. And the folks at Twitter said, oh, hold on there, big boy. You signed this little piece of paper that said you're going to do it. And it's a binding contract that you signed that you can't just wiggle your way off this hook. And now that you've trashed the stock that's down by a full one third of what it was, we're certainly not going to let you walk away because you said you were going to buy it for $54 a, sh a share. And right now it's trading in the low 30s. So you're buying us at $54 a share. We're not losing that much money. And it's, it is going to court, and Musk is going to say, oh, well, there's more bots than I was told. And the judge is going to say, well, why didn't you look into this before you signed the contract? And Musk is going to say, because I didn't want to. And that's going to end the case right there. Or I mean, he's going to just have a bunch of lawyers and drag it out in court, and it's going to take years, and it's just going to be not worth the fight. I mean, the judge is going to say, Mr. Musk, is this your signature? Were there witnesses present when you signed this agreement? And is was this written that you freely signed this binding contract that you could not get out of? Did you sign that, Mr. Musk? Okay, now you can bring in your team of lawyers and Twitter bring in your team of lawyers. Now the lawyers are going to make millions and millions of dollars. In the meantime, Twitter is going to keep marching along as it is are struggling along as it is, depending upon what you think of Twitter. And we'll see. They're, yeah, you may not like them. They're going to keep making their money. And so they're, they're worth less money now, but there's not really evidence to show that user base shrank meaningfully. And so maybe their brand is damaged a little bit, but 
who knows, maybe that if they come out and win the lawsuit, it works out for them in the end. It's all messy. It's all muddled. It's all ridiculous. And we'll cover it. You know, get your popcorn out. It's going to be a long movie. Make sure that, you know, take the bathroom break when they offer them, because this is not going to happen overnight. Twitter is not going to back down. They're they're going to force the hand. And we're not lawyers. We don't play lawyers on the radio here. But sitting there from the sidelines, it sure looks like Twitter's got a full house and he's holding a pair of twos. Yeah. And especially the amount of money that's on the line here, that Twitter was worth $10 billion more when he made that uh, offer agreement. That's a lot of money. And that's that's a pretty big incentive for Twitter to keep fighting this. And so, yeah, it's hard to see how this goes well for anybody involved. It's going to be messy. And it's the one out that Musk might have is that he might try and force Twitter to publicly disclose their bot verification process. And Twitter might not want that. Twitter might say it is in our best interest to not tell all of the scammers how to beat us. And so Twitter might say, look, it's worth X amount of money to us in order to not have to publicly reveal this information. And so Musk might say, all right, I'll pay some number and they settle out of court. It's going to be ridiculous either way. But when you've got $44 billion written on a piece of paper that you're owed $44 billion, because that's what he offered, it's tough to walk away from that. And oh, I agree. And especially he was using Tesla stock as the back for the loan. And so Tesla stock is also going down. And so there's all these other factors involved. We've, we're in a recession. Oh, by the way, the, you know, the stock market itself in general is down. So, yeah, it's going to be poop hitting the fan show. Oh, yeah. And we're fans of that. So, <laughs> And that we are. Moving along, we've talked about automation in the past and, and jobs happening and doing differently. We saw this story down in Australia. Miners down there are not wanting to be in the mines. And because of pandemic issues and people not being able to fly in from other countries to go down in the mines, companies that were doing the mining had to find options. Yeah, they started looking at automation. And so more than 10% of their working staff is now in a control center a thousand miles away. So they're sending robots down the mines and instead of people picking up a pick or going down into the mine themselves, they're sending these bots down to go do the work. And while it has created more jobs in the industry, it sent less people down the hole, but not everybody wants to go work for the mining companies. If you're uh, a tech whiz, or even if you're just some kid who's 20, 21, 22, and you've got your degree, and all of a sudden you're being courted by one of these software giants to go work a nice cushy job or you're being courted by the mining company mining companies kind of have bad reputations for contributing to a lot of problems both social and environmental 
And so the next generation says, you know what? I want to feel like my company is not evil. And so maybe the mining company doesn't see themselves as evil. But how many movies do you know where the mining company's the good guy? They've got an image there. And well, they're just going to send more bots down because less people want to go do it. Yeah, they're facing the labor shortage just like everyone else, both the digital labor shortage and the physical labor shortage. That even if they could send people down to the mines, they can't hire enough bodies who want to go swing that pick. Everyone is experiencing this fact that there's more jobs than people right now. And so and it has interesting consequences. Speaking of consequences, the FCC has once again tried to take on these robocalling things, and they've singled out eight regional telecom companies. Most of these telecom companies are in rural parts of the country where they're probably not a whole lot of sophistication in them. But they've been responsible for eight billion robocalls. That's a pretty wild number. So hopefully, the fact that these companies get put on notice like this. Now, first of all, this shouldn't be a surprise to these companies. This was something that was years in the making, and everyone else got the memo a while back. And so these are just the last eight companies to hop on board. And the FCC has told them, look, if you don't comply, we will delist you and no one else will take your calls, which seems like a pretty big threat. That's a put you out of business threat. So if if you're out in the middle of Wyoming and Fugle Telecom is your telecom provider for all 16 people that live in the Fugle Telecom area and you want to make a phone call to me in South Louisiana, your Fugle Telephone Company has to have an agreement with AT&T that the FCC is authorized. And so if the FCC does not authorize Fugle Telecom calls or calls originated with Fugle Telecom to go to AT&T, then Fugle Telecom's out of business. Yeah, overnight. If all of a sudden you pick up the phone to call anyone else and it, it stops short because the FCC has said, no, no, no you are on the bad list, then that changes some tunes pretty quickly. I mean, no, they, it won't stop if you're calling your neighbor across the street in the, in the Fugle market. Okay, that's fine. And, and look, not just to pick on Fugle, it's Call Pipe, Geist Telecom, Global Links, Moby Telecom, SIP Connect, South Dakota Telecom, and Virtual Telecom are the companies that are specifically having been called out for $8 billion auto warranty robocalls right now as per usual i am skeptical that this is the the golden key the silver bullet the whatever you want to call it that makes robocalling go away hopefully this puts a dent into it for a while but i would not hold my breath to say that the next 10 phone calls that i get are going to be all from friends and family who are thinking of me So we also saw an article that kind of struck a nerve with me. As somebody who's worked in the IT and telecom industry for as long as I have, when you see a company that has been selling $1 billion worth of fake Cisco hardware, it catches your attention. Yeah, that's a huge number. And it's over almost a decade. 
so it dates back to 2013 when it started and he set up 19 different shops up and down the east coast and he just made an absolute fortune doing it yeah the ceo Anur Aksoy, I pronounced that wrong, I'm sure, is a Miami-based CEO who was arrested for selling $1 billion worth of imported counterfeit Cisco equipment on Amazon and eBay. So for those of you who run businesses or, or do the IT purchasing for your business and you thought you were getting a good deal on that Cisco product because you bought it on eBay or you bought it on some some store on Amazon, thought you were saving a little money or a lot of money in this case. Turns out it wasn't really a good product. So what they would do is that the the Chinese counterfeiters would buy old Cisco devices and then refurbish them or paint the new logo. They, they would do all kinds of little small things to make it appear newer, and they would package it into authentic-looking boxes with documentation and labels. And so they were putting on the works here. This is something that would pass a fairly reasonable sniff test. Until you plugged it in, and then it wouldn't work. And you'd call Cisco, look, I've got my, my warranty here, and Cisco said, Sorry, that's not us. You bought counterfeit. Yeah. Now, this was pretty easy to trace as the U.S. Border and Customs seized 180 shipments to this guy over nine years. And so had he just stopped at some point in time? Maybe they don't throw the full weight of the U.S. government after him. But whenever you continue to kick the hornet's nest year after year after year, they finally said, look, dude, we got to arrest you for this. Yes. Yeah, so if you're out there buying Cisco equipment on eBay for your business and even on a lot of the Amazon stores, please, please be careful because chances are it's just not going to be good. And you're you're much better off working with an IT company who's bu buying their stuff from a, a reputable distributor. So shameless plug for the IT MSPs out there, but it, we're going to protect you more than we're going to hurt you. And it's worth, we're going to save you money more than hurt you. And just be careful. Yeah, the, the MSP is there to be the trusted partner. They are the expert in the field. They are going to, they're the, ins the insured on this. And so if something does go wrong, it's them on the hook for it and not for you. And they have professionals who come set it up. There's a reason that they exist and the, they provide value to companies. That's right. If we buy that Cisco product on, on eBay and bring out there and hook it up and it doesn't work, that's not on you. That's that's on the MSP. That's on the IT company you're working with. They're the ones on the hook because they can't invoice you until it's operational. So... Maybe this is another one of those shameless plugs for your internet service provider, like General Informatics, who sponsors this show. We do want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. We'll hear more a little about them in a, in a minute. But be careful when you're buying IT equipment and you see a really, really great price is really, really a, 
bad reason. Especially right now, because everything's been so hard to access. With the supply chain issues, global supply chain issues on everything, please be careful. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.